Thanks for joining us on the Crenshaw Christian Center New York podcast. And remember these words, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's jump into the lesson. I have two or three messages left in that, but I haven't gotten to this aspect yet. Is that it's, no matter what we face in life, no matter what trials we face, what tests we face, what challenges we have, we have such tremendous support. Now, I've already done a series on uh, with independence where I talked about the fact that we have the whole Godhead residing on the inside of us is our sp- support and our need at every uh, turn and so forth. But tonight I want to focus in particular on the help that we have through Christ Jesus. You know, I was thinking about the, the message this afternoon and that song that just, just came to me that I used to hear and sing actually uh, many, 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 many years ago in church, the Baptist church where Dr. Betty and I grew up. And that song is, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And I bet you most of you here tonight could sing that song if we were to start it up. But I was thinking about the lyrics in that song, and the title is so true, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. But let me recall uh, some of the lyrics to you. It says, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, for the privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. But listen to this next phrase. It says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. And it says, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. But actually, oh, what peace we often forfeit and oh, what needless pain we bear. It's because we forget the second line that comes after what a friend we have in Jesus. That that line says... First of all, let me go back and re- it said, what a friend we have in Jesus. And the second line is, all our sins and griefs to bear. We shouldn't have to forfeit any peace or bear any, if we remember, bear any griefs. If we remember just the second line, he bore our griefs. He took our sins upon him. He bore our sorrows. He took. So we don't have to, if he took it, we don't have to bear it. Then in the second stanza it says, have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? <laughs> it should be says there trouble everywhere. <laughs> it says we should not or never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. A third stanza says, are we weak and heavy laden? Encumbered with load of care, with a load of care. Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms, he'll take the shield. He'll, he'll take and shield you. You will find a solace there. But anyway, I thought, you know, this old song has a lot of truth in it. What a friend we have in Jesus. So I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about the great friend that we have in Jesus, and we, we phrase it sometimes uh, this way: the things that we have in Christ 
by Christ, through Christ, and so forth. But I'm going to zero in on it with you tonight. Because again, as I said in the opening statement, no matter what we face, whenever we face it, we have such tremendous support. So we're going to talk about one of the branches of our support tonight, our friend, Jesus the Christ. Now, I pointed out before that everything that Father God has done and everything he does and has done for us has been done through whom? His son, Jesus Christ. His son, Jesus. Now, this is set forth clearly in uh, the Gospel of John. Go to the Gospel of John. It's the very first chapter. It's John 1, and we're going to look at uh, verses 1 through 3. And I've gone over these with you several times before. That's John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1, 2, 3. So I just want to demonstrate the fact that everything that God does is done through Jesus. Verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and we know that the Word is referring to Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He, again, is Jesus. Three, and this is what I want you to focus, zero in on, it says, All things were made through him, through Jesus, and without him, nothing was made that was made. And that's important. Everything that the Father did was done through Jesus. Everything that was made was made through him. And there was nothing that was made that was not made through him. So he is in all, through all, and is all. So I want to give you some scriptures tonight, and, and, and you've heard uh, many of these from me before, that give us examples of, of the things that we have through Christ, by Christ, in Christ. And you need to jot these down so you can go back and look at them more carefully. There's so many scriptures that talk about who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, and where we are in Christ. And the things that we have from God through Christ. So look at Romans 5.1. Romans 5.1. Mark it down in case, because, because I have quite a few of these, and, and I'm looking at how quick the, the clock ticks away. Said, Romans 5.1 says, this is for me, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You're in Romans 5, look at verse 17. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reign through the one, the one being Adam, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life, will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. We will reign in life and victory through the one, Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. Write it down and go to it if you, if you can get to it. I'm going to go over these a little bit quickly so I can cover quite a few of these tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 57. It says this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Galatians 4, 7. Galatians 4, 7. Galatians 4, 7 says this. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Our heirship. to God comes through Jesus Christ. Uh, you were in the Gospel of John uh, a minute ago. Go back to John and look at uh, chapter 3, verse 17. John three seventeen says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The world and us in the world might be saved through him. Ephesians 2.18. And you know, we could actually teach a message from any one of these uh, verses. But I'm going to give you quite a few tonight. A lot of homework for you to go back and really look at these yourself. Ephesians 2.18. Ephesians 2.18. It says, for through him, that's through Christ Jesus, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. We have access through him uh, to the Father. Romans 3.24. Romans 3.24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The redemptive work was done and performed by us, uh, by Christ Jesus. First Corinthians 15:22. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22. Write them down. If you can't get to them tonight, write them down and you can look them up uh, and study them yourself later. As Apostle Price likes to say, check it out for yourself. 1 Corinthians 15.22 says this, For in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. He said, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we are born again, that's when we become in Christ. And that's when old things, all things become new. But of course, you know, the only thing that becomes new at that point is spirit inside of us, not the flesh, not even the soul, just the spirit. So, as Apostle always says, if, if you were bald-headed before salvation, you're going to be bald-headed after, so it didn't all become new. So forth. If you were broke before, you're likely to be broke right after, but you don't have to stay broke. With that new knowledge that you have, you do not have to remain broke. But anyway, uh, we're talking about the spirit being new. 
Galatians 3.26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1.3. This is one you've heard me speak on several times uh, uh, during the year last year. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, I won't do it tonight, but I'm going to explain how this translates on earth because we're not in heavenly places right now. So how does that translate to us being blessed on earth? You're going to hear this from me a little bit later this year in a message. But it's all again in Christ, through Christ. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. These were the good works that he prepared for us from the foundation of the world that we should walk in them. So we should be walking in good works. Amen. Philippians 4.7, another one familiar to you. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. How? Through Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.7. Philippians 4.13. A really key one. I can do all things, how? Through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. These are the kind of scriptures, by the way, that you should, you can't memorize them all in the sense of, of being able to, but I would have them somewhere at hand because they are, these are such strong reinforcers, such strong support givers. So important. We're in Philippians, let's, let's look at Philippians 4.19. Another excellent support scripture. And you know it. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. How? By Christ Jesus. Shall supply all your need. What's left out of all? Again, by Christ Jesus. Back to 2 Corinthians again. 2 Corinthians 5.19. 2 Corinthians 5.19 That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, that's us, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. He was reconciling the world and reconciling us back to him again through Christ. And this, by the way, has already been done. It's a done deal. Romans 8.1. Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Remember, when we're born again, we are in Christ Jesus. Romans 
the very next one. You're right there. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. We are free from the law of sin and death, thanks to Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.6 This is speaking of the work that the Father has done for us. Ephesians 2.6 And raised us up together. You could see, and he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3.14 I use this in my first message this year. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, you should be getting from just the ones that we've gone over already uh, this image or this reality. And that is when God sees us, who do he see? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Ephesians 3.12 In whom, that whom is Christ Jesus, you have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. You have boldness and access. You have boldness and access to the throne of grace. With confidence through faith in him. Colossians 1.14 Colossians 1.14. Make sure you jot these down. In whom, that in whom is Christ Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. We have the forgiveness of sins. 2 Corinthians 5.18. 2 Corinthians 5.18. Now all things are of God who has re reconciled us to himself, we spoke about that earlier, through Christ Jesus, and has given us a ministry of reconciliation. Romans 1.5. Romans 1.5. Through him, the him being Jesus, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to faith among all the nations for his name. Look at, very, look at Romans 5.2. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. See, we stand in grace. And if you've been listening to other ministers and other ministries the last few years, there's been this overwhelming number of teachings on grace. In fact, uh, the, the, the thought has been suggested that because we are under grace and we have grace and so forth, that, that we can't do any wrong. There's nothing that there's nothing that we can do that's gonna, gonna uh, you know, send us to hell because we're under grace. Grace covers everything. It's it's uh, and and so you don't have to worry about faith. You don't have to worry about. Uh, any of these things that, uh, that, that we've been taught down through the years. But actually, this, 
Scripture, Romans 5, 2, look at it again. Through whom we also have access by faith into this grace. We have access to the grace in which we stand by faith. So you can't get rid of faith, which is what, if you listen to some of these teachers, they tell you, you can forget about faith. You can't. The only way you can get access to the grace in which we stand is by faith. So that's a message in and of itself, by the way, too. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think Creflo Dollar has been teaching on this for a number of weeks uh, at the New York Church. Some of you who have been following it. it uh, is that not true? Yes. Admit it, you've been listening to him. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Creflo is not only an outstanding teacher, but he's an outstanding friend of, uh, of Crenshaw Christian Center and apostle in the ministry. Excellent teacher, but he's been teaching on that topic. And, uh, and that's what he was pointing out. He was pointing out the bridge between faith and grace. You can't have one without the other and so forth. But you have a lot of teachers who are telling their congregations, you forget about everything. You're in grace, so you're covered. In other words, you've got a protection around you and so forth and so on. Uh, Romans 8, that's going to give you a, 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 a couple of words. Romans 8, 37. Again, uh, talking about the trials and tribulations and tests and temptations that we face, Romans 8.37 tells us this, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him, that's Christ who loved us. So you're already victorious and you're already more than conquerors uh, through Christ who loved us. And Romans 8, verses 38 and 39, one of my favorites. And you should always remember this when, when, when you think that, my God, you know what? This, this, if anything is going to separate me from God, this thing that I did or this thing that was done to me or whatever, this would do it. But listen to this. This Romans 8, 38, 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, nothing, nothing, no matter how bad you are, or you think you are, or what you did or didn't do and whatnot. Romans 8, 38, 39 is really one of the great scriptures of comfort for us. Nothing, nothing separates us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And Galatians 2.20, that's a favorite of mine. I guess you say they're all favorites of mine. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. Great words. And I'm going to give you just last one, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20, 21. 
It says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you, in other words, may God of peace, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So, that's just some of the things that we have through Christ Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, indeed. Now, when I did the teaching on the blessing, I pointed out that the work of this transfer of the blessing uh, comes through Christ Jesus serves as the transfer agent for the blessings, you know, the blessing of Abraham and so forth and so forth. But Jesus is the completion of that promise. And uh, so it's Abraham, but Jesus finishes the promise that was made to Abraham. And Galatians 3, Galatians 3, verses 13 and 14, tells us this. Verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That's us. In Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. It is through Christ Jesus that the blessing of Abraham comes upon us. And so forth. And so, we know that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law through the work of Jesus on the cross. To redeem means to purchase back or repurchase. We were lost to the curse of the law because of the actions of Adam in the Garden of Eden when he disobeyed God. And through his shed blood on Calvary, Jesus redeemed us or bought us back for the Father. Now, as you know, Jesus is called the seed, not plural, singular, seed, the one who is the inheritor of the blessing of Abraham. And I don't have time tonight to go into a full explanation of this, but let me just remind you of this. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 15, you have the first mention of the promised seed. The promised seed being Jesus. In Genesis 3.15, God states this. This is after Adam had disobeyed uh, and, and eaten from the, uh, the uh, tree, which was a tree of a knowledge of good and evil. In 3.15, God states, I will put enmity, that strife, between you, that's the serpent, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And he, the he here is the promised seed, that's Jesus, shall bruise your head, and you shall be, and you shall bruise his heel. The promised seed here is referred to Jesus. This is what Jesus mentioned early in uh, Genesis. Now, God eventually comes to Abraham where the promise is made regarding the seed and how it will flow from Abraham. And you can see the gene genealogy of the seed 
from Abraham to Jesus in the opening chapter of the book of Matthew. You don't have to do that tonight, but from Matthew chapter 1, and I went over this with you before, Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, records the following. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Verse 2, Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. And then the genealogy continues to Matthew 1, verse 16. Once, verse 16, you can read the whole thing, but I'm jumping down uh, to 1.16. With the birth of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So we see here that the seed carrying the blessing is passed from Abraham through the genealogy that we see in the opening of the, of the book of, of Matthew. And it comes to Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise made to Abraham that through him all the peoples of the earth would be blessed. Jesus is a fulfillment of that. Now, as I said, a discussion of the genealogy from Abraham to Jesus would take several lessons. And of course, we can't do that tonight. But for the purposes of our discussion tonight, let's recall that the first Adam had operated under the blessing of God originally. But because of his sin and disobedience, Adam's blessing became a curse for himself and all of the earth. As the last Adam, Jesus, remember Jesus is the last Adam. Jesus carries the heavenly blessings, but he cannot access the earth with these blessings without coming through the womb of a woman as the seed of Abraham. And that's why you have Jesus being born through Mary. Now, since Adam turned over the dominion of the earth to Satan, God had to get access or permission to re-enter the earth. Now, that sounds really strange, doesn't it? But the earth had, had, had been given over to, and, and literally given over to Satan by Adam. And so... And for God to re-enter the earth, which he planned to do in order to bring about our redemption, he had to get permission to re-enter the earth realm again. And his chosen access route was Abraham. Remember, Abraham qualified to be the channel of God's pronounced blessing because of his obedience. You remember his obedience, which stood above all obedience when he agreed to God's request that he sacrifice his only son, Isaac, which he took him to the altar, laid him on the altar, remember, and was ready to, and uh, the angel said, you know, don't harm the lad, and so forth. With this act of offering up his son, Abraham was found to have absolute obedience to God, unlike Adam in the garden. This is also the reason Jesus is called the seed of Abraham. This is one of the reasons, because he carries that gene of absolute dedication and obedience to God. Now, through the redemptive work of Jesus, he facilitates the transfer of the blessing that I talked to you about last year to us, whereby we also become the seed of Abraham. Remember these words again from Galatians that we covered 
Galatians 3.27. Go to Galatians 3.27. Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into Christ at salvation, remember, have put on Christ. And Galatians 29, you're right there, Galatians 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heir according to the promise. So that's the combination of Abraham and Jesus in terms of fulfilling the promise that Abraham would be a blessing to all the nation, to all the peoples of earth. So we see, just as God ordained our salvation through Christ Jesus, and Jesus delivered that salvation on the cross, we see that God pronounces the blessing on us, and Jesus facilitates the transfer of the blessing to us. And all of this reflects what we're told in the Gospel of John, verses 1, first, I mean, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, which says, all things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. As Jesus delivered our salvation and redemption, and we accept it, the blessing of Abraham comes upon us and comes upon our life as a believer when we are born again. <clears throat> this is how and when Jesus facilitates the transfer of the blessing to us when we are baptized in the Christ and become therefore, therefore, or thereby, Abraham's seed and heirs according to a promise, as we are told in Galatians 3.29. But I want to go back to what I was talking about in the beginning, about the fact that in the song, that old hymn that we used to sing in church, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. We forfeit the peace and we bear the pain needlessly either because we are ignorant of God's word or we don't believe God's word. And that is the principal reason we, we teach the word here at Crenshaw Christian Center. Following the leadership of Apostle Price, the study of the word, knowledge of the word, that's what enables us to avoid being taken captive. Remember uh, Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We're destroyed for a lack of knowledge of God's word. God's word absolutely confirms that we, of who we are, what we have, what we can do, and so on. And it's the ignorance of that word. Or really, it could be a combination of ignorance or it could be a lack of understanding of that word. Or it could be a question of you hearing the word. But hearing the word, now you remember the story in the Bible, the scripture says that they heard the same word that we heard, but it was not profitable to them. Why was it not profitable to them? You got it. It was not mixed with faith. So it's not just hearing the word, 
memorizing the word, it's knowing and understanding the word and mixing it with faith. And faith is an action verb. You have to act on the word. You have to do something. You have to get in motion, as I was talking about in that first message this year. You have to get moving and doing something. Faith, faith is actually acting on what you believe. And I gave that example that Apostle Price gives all the time about the person who goes out in the parking lot and he proclaims, I believe that if I take these keys to my car and go inside the car and turn on the ignition, that I'll be able to drive the car off the parking lot. Now, he can stand outside the car, you know, until hell freezes over saying that, but until he acts on what he believes by going in uh, the car and turning on the ignition and driving off, it'll never happen. It's, it's not just the faith, it's, it's acting. And it, faith is acting on what you believe and so forth. And it's faith... You have faith until what you have faith for comes into visibility. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Now, let me ask you this question. I'm, 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 I'm going somewhere with this. How many of you, of you believe that I'm standing here teaching tonight? Let me, by show of hands. I don't see any of you raising it. None of you believe it. Well, I see two hands. Anybody else believe that I'm standing here teaching tonight? I see a few more. I didn't mean to encourage you in, in that uh, wrong response. Because now all of you who said you believe, you need to listen to this because it's very simple. You don't have to believe that I'm standing here. You know I'm standing here. You don't have to have faith that I'm standing here, and you don't have to believe that I'm standing here. I'm here, and so forth. So when it comes to pass, you are no longer in the arena of belief or faith. It, it has actually come to pass, and so forth. So my point here is that we, in order to benefit from the help that's been provided by God through Christ Jesus, our friend that we have in Jesus we have to believe it and act on it, and so forth. So, by his stripes, we are healed. You have to believe that. You have to believe that. And you have to act as if you're healed, and so on. Uh, the act as if is an important point. And that little concept comes from, uh, uh, a lot of people don't realize it comes from William James who's the founder of American psychology and he said he gave us that little concept act as if you have to act as if you're well even though the headache is throbbing even though the back is aching even though the arthritis is kicking up you have to act as if now that doesn't mean that you do stupid things like in other words if you if your back is hurting, then you don't need to bend over and try to lift 1,500 pounds. No, but, it, it, but it's, it's to act as if you're whole. That's in your speaking, in your thinking, and so forth. You have to act as if that's the action that you need to take. So it's very important. So all of the things that, that have been provided for us and given to us, uh, through Christ Jesus, we have to uh, 
not only believe them, but we have to act as if they're true in terms of how we meet our circumstances and so on. And so that's what's so important. And this is why I wanted to stress the importance of what a friend we have in Jesus. We're going, we're, we're going to have the trials in life. There's no doubting or getting around that. And they will continue to come. But they come a lot of times to test our faith. Remember the scripture from James when he says, count it all joy when you fall into different trials and tests, temptations, so forth. And that the trial of your faith, I'm quoting it from memory now, so it's not verbatim. The trial of your faith is more precious than gold. So he's saying that the trials and tests are a test of your faith, but that this, these trials and tests are more precious than gold because in the trials, tribulations, and tests, you develop patience. Patience is another word for perseverance, endurance. You develop endurance so you can endure. And then it says, and let patience have her perfect work so that you may be complete and entire and lacking nothing. So if you knew that a particular trial and test was going to end up with you being stronger, more endurance, you being complete and entire and lacking nothing, it seems to me that's a worthwhile test. Very important. So don't ever forget that the pain, the sorrow, the grief has already been borne by Jesus. The sicknesses and illnesses have already been borne by him. We don't need to bear them anymore. So when, when uh, we're stricken by something, you have to really speak to it and say, wait a minute, you were defeated over 2,000 years ago. You have no power or dominion in my body or in my life. And I command you in the name of Jesus to be gone. By his stripes, I am healed. And you stand on that. You, that's your speaking. Very important to speak it. Very important to speak. You could, you could think it all you want. But the spoken word is really uh, the thing that's important. And again, I'm going to pick up on the importance of the words that we speak and the power of positive confession. That's the title of a book that Apostle Price okay? But I'm going to teach from that book in an upcoming series a little bit later this year because we need to know what power we have in our confession. And that confession uh, has to be a positive one, one that lines up with the word. And everything in the word is positive. Everything in the word is the, the word. The word guarantees us that if we follow the word, we are already victorious. It tells us right up front. And all of these things, all of these challenges, all of these temptations, all of these trials, we are already victorious. And how are we already victorious? By the word that was done on our behalf by our friend Jesus. So that's why I'm stressing what a friend we have in Jesus. And we need to not forget that. Now, we have other help. But, uh, but if we understood, received, knew, and applied, and acted on the help that we have, 
through Christ Jesus, we would be in very, very good shape. So keep that in mind. Always keep it in mind that you don't have to suffer. Now, I don't mean that you won't suffer, you know, because when I came back from California, I had the worst kind of, I don't know, flu or whatever. And everybody on the plane was coughing. The two people next to me were coughing and sneezing. And I got off and it was worse. And I had to teach that, that Sunday. And I, it, at first it looked like I wasn't going to be able to do it. And, uh, and then, you know, you lay hands on yourself. That's what you should do, by the way. And pray. And then, you know, drink some hot tea. <laughs> and whatnot. And do some things that uh, the, the uh, pharmacist had recommended something. And I took that and it, it helped. So you do things that can aid and abet and facilitate the healing, but you stand on the fact that, that, that you heal. And then what I projected, uh, and this is, turn, this, is, this is about application, I actually projected seeing myself teaching the message that Sunday. So came Saturday, things were better, and Sunday morning you wouldn't have known that I had suffered up to that very point and so forth. So. It's knowing what a friend you have in Jesus, but knowing what he has done for us. Understanding what he's done for us and understanding one of the most important things is that it's been done already. It's not what he's going to do. It's already been done. We stand on the doneness or the completeness of what he, what he has done and we can get through anything but not just get through it, we can grow through it. And what we, how we grow through it is where we increase our faith, increase our endurance, our perseverance, and we become complete and whole thereby. All right, with our that, hope is that you received something that you could apply to your life and strengthen your faith. At Crenshaw Christian Center, New York, we believe that the Word of God is practical for everyday application. Feel free to stay in touch with us via social media, or you can give us a call at 212-749-9323. If you're in the New York area, you're welcome to join us at one of our services. Our Sunday morning service is at the New Yorker Hotel at 945 a.m. That's on 34th Street and 8th Avenue in New York City. Or join us for Bible study on Thursday evenings at our fellowship office, 470 7th Avenue on the 6th floor, right in Herald Square. Thanks again for listening, and remember, walk by faith, not by sight.